Hello and welcome to the podcast Invest in You. You have just joined us for a fantastic interview with uh, Ray McLennan. He is a serial entrepreneur, he has done so many cool things in business and he has also helped many, many other entrepreneurs to get on with their journey, mainly through helping with finance. So here we go for a quick introduction from Peterborough in uh, England. I'm very pleased to have you here today, Ray. Thank you very much. How are you? Good to be here. I'm excellent. Yep. Perfect. Uh, so you're here obviously because we've got a fantastic accent, uh, <laughs> much better than myself. We have already done a quick introduction of yourself, but uh, would you mind share some ideas, uh, who you are, your background? and Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Um, I'm a sort of serial entrepreneur, um, but I have been uh, a lawyer. It was the only job I've ever had. And I did that for a number of years. And then I started working with a company called Angels Den, which helps uh, startups and university spin-outs to raise finance. And then that moved into Property Angels Den. And then whilst I was searching around for property training, I discovered Progressive Property and Unlimited Success. And I came along to training here. And then they um, made me a mentor because of my skills and knowledge. And I run a number of courses for them. And I recently moved from Scotland, where I was born and where I lived with my family, down to Stamford in Lincolnshire to be closer to Peterborough offices of yes. Progressive, but also <laughs> to be closer to London, where most of the money is. Yes. So, that's, so yeah, that's I, I remember the first time I saw it was actually here, literally on stage uh, on, on one of the trainings. And I thought, OK, that's an interesting guy. I'd love to hear more about your story. And, and here we are today. So thank you very much for that one. Thank you for yeah. inviting me. We know that you work with startup companies. When did you start your first business? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I probably was eight or nine. And, <laughs> and I remember, I mean, my father was an entrepreneur. He had a cafe and a, he had an ice cream van and a pub and all that sort of carry on. So I'd be working with him. And then I was in the Boy Scouts. In fact, before the Boy Scouts here, we have called the Cubs. All right. Cub Scouts. Oh, yeah. So yep. I was about seven or eight and they had a competition called Bob a Job. And yep. a Bob is a shilling or five pence. And Bob a Job was that you would go around people's houses and do small jobs for them and they would pay you. And whoever won the competition would get a cup. And I won it three years in a row and I got to keep the cup. Perfect. The little silver cup with my name engraved on it. So that, I suppose, is the first recollection I have because I came away from that thinking, okay, I can. It does. I don't just have to do it for the competition because all the money I made with Bob a job, we handed to the Cub Scouts, who yes. would give to charity. And I thought, <laughs> okay, I could do this for myself. Yes, so, indeed. That's uh, that's my first recollection. How do you solve uh, solve those problems, and what were your key learnings? How did I? How do I solve problems? And what are my key learnings? From, from that business venture, what was oh, kind of yeah. uh, any kind of challenges? I don't recall there being that many, to be honest. Good. I suppose I'm thinking back now. I mean, I would turn up at somebody's door and say, you know, would you like me to do any work for you? Wash your car, cut the grass, that sort of thing. Um, and generally, where I lived at the time in Edinburgh, it was all houses. It was quite a you know, mixed area. There were apartments, houses. And I went around all the the houses that had driveways and people tended to have all the equipment. So I didn't really have any issues cutting the grass because they provided all the equipment. I just provided the labour. Sweat equity, as you would call it now. (laughs) And when it came to washing cars, they would provide everything as well. And I would just then dry my hands and move on to the next one. So I don't really recall that many uh, in my first business. Well, you know, I, I, I would 
pocket the money. Yep. <laughs> that was really good. good. Yeah, but exactly. Start at a young age, whatever you do. So, to remind you, the podcast is called Invest in You. Now, what does that mean to you? What does Invest in You mean to you? Uh, I can easily sum that up. Training, learning. Um, you never stop learning. It's never a bad idea to learn how to make money. It's never a bad idea to learn how to make more money. It's never a bad idea to teach other people the things that you've learned. So, um, yeah, constant learning. I think constant and never-ending improvement. The Japanese have a yeah. expression for it. Kais- what do they call it? Kaizen. Kaizen. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Constant, never-ending improvement. And a big challenge with a lot of people is that they think school, that's it, finished, and they stop, and then they'll watch telly at night. And, I mean, if you look around you now, where we are, there's so many different opportunities, things to learn. Everything moves at a fast pace. You've got to keep up up with it, up to date with it, really. Yeah, I can so, com- yeah. completely relate keep to that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you have that mindset to really learn and learn and learn, then you will be ahead of the curve instead of behind. Totally, totally. I mean, I have four children, and my youngest are saying, oh, I've got to go to school and I can't wait to get away from school. I think that's because learning at school is changing you know, nowadays, you know, okay, you're at school, but they're not really training you for what reality is like. I mean, Rob Moore talks about being taught geography in French called géographie, which, <laughs> uh, and then there's physics and maths and chemistry, which are all great, but, you know, for most people, they're not really applicable. And I just think the whole schooling system has to change. But please don't get me started or we'll be here all day. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes. I like the school, <laughs> but... I, I totally agree with you. And uh, yeah, I've thought about it as well, but... It doesn't seem to be changing that fast anyway. It will. Well, it's been around for hundreds of years, so it will stay. It'll take a long time to change. Yeah, just like the church. Yeah, uh, indeed. Yeah, so kind of like a random follow-up question. The exact word investing, what does it mean, in your opinion? Investing? Well, there's different types of investing. Investing in yourself, um, which is in learning, or investing money in things. So you can invest, and then you can invest your time in something. So you can invest your time or money. Um, and I think it's good to have a balance of both. Invest your, your own time in learning and invest your time in teaching other people and invest your money in something that will give you, you know, a return. Um, I mean, it's all been out there for a long time. Robert Kiyosaki and his uh, his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is all about investing in assets that will yes. repay you. And I think, you know, if you did nothing else but read that and played the game cash flow at, at a young age, you would do really well. Yeah. So. Have you tried that, yeah, that game? I've played yeah. Cash. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, it's quite yeah. fun actually. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, moving on. Our dad told told us that you, just like him, invest in other people's businesses. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Okay, not anymore, really. Okay. I have done invested in, the pa- in other people's I have, businesses. I have, when you say invested as in money, I have done in the past. I've given people loans. I've taken loans from people that I've also put into other businesses. I do have a few outstanding but generally, um, I would invest my time in helping people now more than, than money because money is not always the answer. You know, I've worked with some businesses that have got plenty of money in the bank but don't really know what they're doing. I've worked with law firms who've got plenty of money but don't know what they're doing and are losing money all the time. Got big turnover but not making any money. So I think, um, I think I'm at a stage now where I've, I've got value to add with skills and knowledge and experience. And that doesn't really matter what the technological landscape's like. Human beings don't change much. And I think I can add a bit there. So, Yeah, I think that's a great learning takeaway take that especially startups are, that are looking for money. What they often need is the knowledge or the network and connections more than the money many times. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, one of the, I mean, 
crowdfunding is big at the moment and yes. a lot of startups are looking for fortunes, you know, to go into crowdfunding to to raise a million or raise two million or raise ridiculous amounts of money. Mm. And they don't need the money, they need help. And if you yes. give them the money, generally they will lose the money. So uh, startups in particular need to go out and get customers. I mean, I'm, I'm one of the things I'm always doing when people come to me and say they have a product or they have something and they're looking for investment, the best money to get is from sales. So if you focus on getting more sales, that's the cheapest money you'll ever get. Some people think that the answer to their problems is to raise 100 grand or a million pounds, whatever. Sometimes that brings with it a whole set of problems. So I think getting, getting a sale is the best form yes. of investment. Yeah. Also, still maintain the control potentially of the business as well. So yeah, yeah. So you also run, are you still running the angel investment networks or groups? I, I worked with Angels Den for almost seven years. I finished with them in September 2017, okay. just a few months ago, and uh, they they have been going for ten years. And their primary focus is, it's not startups, but it's it, it's businesses that are ready to grow. Yes. They tend not to put an awful lot of money into startups, but it's businesses that are ready to grow. And the challenge with property is uh, it t property needs to be invested in quickly, whereas a startup sometimes could take a year to get going. And I think the mentality of the investors was that there was always plenty of time and there was no great rush, whereas with property, you've got 30 days or 60 days to complete on a deal and then you have to have the funds. Yes. So I still I still send a lot of people there. I still speak very highly of them. I'll still talk about Angels Den. I still speak to Bill Morrow and Chris and all the other team there and still Great. send things through to them. But in terms of property, I found it quicker to yes. form a company called West Street Capital with some other guys that um, were good at finding funding and who have investors. And we tended to we tend to do things a bit quicker. Sounds good. Uh, just because you're experiencing that field, what would you say is an angel? Sorry, angel investor. What is an angel investor? There's a very good site called becomeanangel.com where you can go and look and find out about it. But an angel investor is generally a high net worth individual, sophisticated investor, someone who's got a bit of money and business experience. So, for example, a lottery winner or someone who received a big inheritance yes. should not become an angel investor. <laughs> but if it's um, it's generally mostly men, mostly older, but there are, there are some exceptions. There can be young women that do it too. Um, but it tends to be demographically mostly men, mostly older. Say a 50-year-old chap who's sold his business and he's got a right few quid and he wants to invest for tax purposes. So they'll usually start yes. off investing in what's called SEIS, Seed Investment Scheme, or EIS, Enterprise Investment Scheme. They might start off putting money in there, and then they get a few successes, and then they'll start putting money elsewhere. So there's a rule called FCA 13 slash 3, which means they must be a high net worth individual or sophisticated investor to do yep. equity deals, um, and that, that would that would target them as an angel investor. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a very good good explanation. Thank you. Yeah, I think that that would be very beneficial for our listeners. So thank you. Good, welcome. We have more. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Now, on to your angel investment group. What are the advantages of investing as a group? The advantage of investing in a group are that you spread the risk. You also have, there's a lot more knowledge around. Um, there's a lot more contacts around. And... Uh, I mean, that's that's the sort of main things. There are slight disadvantages because if people have a different attitude to risk, then, I mean, I could arrange for, say, five people to put, to uh, pledge money towards an investment. 
And then if something changes, someone's attitude to risk is slightly different from someone else's, and then the whole thing can fall apart because you know the the attitude to risk can be different. So there are positives and negatives, and we tend to try and explore them all. Groups of angel investors, um, there's a London Angel Club, for example, run uh, very well by a chap called Colin Spiller, Angels Den London Angel Club. He knows everyone within that club and they all know each other and they all have each other's back. And generally, if someone in that club invests in something and tells the others, they quite say, well, often say, well, if you're in it, I'll get in it. And they put up maybe smallish amounts, 10, 15, 20,000, but that can club together to make a lot. And then there'll generally be one lead angel. So if you're a business looking for the money, you don't have to deal with 15 individuals. You usually have to deal with one and he deals with everyone else. So it can, it has positives and negatives. Do you have any tips for selling your business? Tips for selling a business? Yes. If you're starting up a business, always have the, the company or the person that you are going to sell it to forefront in your mind and then go after a market that they don't have. So if you, I'm trying to think of an example of a recent one, but if you're building up, I don't know, a restaurant business or takeaway or something like that, then you may go after a specific market, specific demographic. And if that builds up enough, then generally a competitor will want to pick you off. So if you, if you build a business with the end in mind, and the end in mind means having the business ready so it doesn't rely on you, having a manual that says, here is how we do things here, knowing what your average spend is, knowing exactly who your customer is, having everything ticked off, then it's very easy to sell. So when somebody approaches you and says, I'd like to buy your business, you know exactly how much that business is worth. So if you have, I don't know, for example, um, 1,200 customers and they spend you know, eight pounds a week each or something, then you've got a turnover of nearly a million pounds, then you might say this business has a value of a million pounds, which is one year's turnover, not one year's profit, but one year's turnover. And you can then justify that to a set to a buyer so you need to know loads of things i think it's a great uh, example of if you set up a business with the intention to sell it then you're running everything smoother mm. you're building more assets i think it's a very good practice regardless if you'd like to sell in the end uh, absolutely i mean i see quite a lot of people who come to me looking for funding to buy a business and they'll say it's very profitable and i'll take a look at the accounts and you say well actually the owner hasn't put any money through for his wages and, and yet he spends 50 hours a week there so if you were to pay him, then you know, you're know you eroding the profit. So the profit cuts in half almost. And there's a lot of businesses out there that, that tend to do that. The owner wants to sell because he's generally run himself into the ground, pays himself last, but then declares it's profitable. But it's not really. So yeah. you have to watch out for that. Yeah, so coming out of business a bit, outside of business, what makes you happiest? What makes me happiest outside of business? Um, I have uh, my youngest son plays football. I enjoy watching him playing football. My youngest daughter goes horse riding. I like watching her horse riding. And my wife and I are we're binging on Netflix at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> because we've moved and we don't have an extended family down here, it's difficult to get babysitters and get out. Yeah. But uh, that makes me very happy. Yeah, I have a dog that... The children were supposed to look after, but the dog has attached itself to me. How many children do you have? Four. Um, two at home and two away from home. I used to ride a motorbike all the time, but where I'm living now, it's quite windy country roads that are very muddy. And I you know, made the decision that it would not be wise in the winter to be driving around dark, windy, muddy country roads on a motorbike. So I've put that to one side for a while. I play five-a-side football. I enjoy that a lot. 
And uh, what else do I do? I do public speaking, which I really enjoy. In fact, I, I suppose I get most enjoyment from my profession, yes. which is the, the, you know, the great thing to do. Doing stuff like this. Yeah, I completely understand yeah. what you mean. I feel very much the same about being out, sharing, helping others. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, so um, it's a bit more onto me and Charlie kind of stuff now. What do you think about younger entrepreneurs and starting when you are a younger age? Oh, I'm all for it. I mean, my my youngest two that are aged eight and ten, and uh, we I have been videoing them, and they're joining the kids' social media academy, so that they're going to make money from. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, all those things. They're on it anyway, or they will be on it anyway, yes. so they may as well learn how to make money from it. And uh, they have goals and ambitions, and they've got their targets and things they want to achieve, and I'd like them to be financially free before they leave school. That's exactly <laughs> the goal that Dad has. For Is us it? Well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we never rehearsed this. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> no, exactly. exactly. Yeah, so another good one. Do you have any productive habits that you would like to share? Like, for example, my dad, he always, like goes up in the morning and goes to the gym, that kind of stuff. Yes. Well, I have a morning routine as well. And in fact, it's I have a blog, Raising Angel Finance, Blogspot, and it's the most downloaded and, 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 and I suppose read blog post is my morning routine. And uh, I said th- six things that I do in the morning. So I, I wake up, I train, train myself. I was trained a long time ago to wake up without using an alarm clock because it's better for you. So I wake up generally every day, anytime between 5 and 6.30, but usually around about quarter to six, something like that. Just naturally wake up. I will get up, I'll go downstairs, I will do 22 press-ups, 22 sit-ups, and then 22 reps of various different exercises. I do 22 because a number of years ago there was a challenge online. Oh, do yeah. you remember the yeah, yeah, Do you remember yeah, the yeah. ice bucket challenge? Yeah. There was a challenge for to do 22 press-ups because servicemen... You know, there were 22 deaths a day and they wanted to do this thing for charity. And I just kept doing it. So I do that every morning. Then, so that's between, say, 6 and 6.30. Then I would try and read something for 15 minutes. I'm reading, what am I reading at the moment? I've I've probably got about six or seven books on the go at any moment. I like to read and underline and highlight. I also listen. So in the car, I'll be listening to something. In fact, I'm listening to Jordan Belford, Way of the Wolf at the moment. So I've been highlighting that in the car and then I go to the book and I get the highlighter pen out and I go to where I've bookmarked it so that I've got the book and and listening to it. So I've got both. So I'll do that for about 15 or 20 minutes. I will fill in my journal. I use a thing called Best Self Journal. I'll fill that in and that includes writing down three things that I'm grateful for and planning out my day. And then between 7 and 7.30, I will send my emails out to the world and then I try and ignore my email until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's my routine. Yeah, you have a very good morning routine. By the way, this is just a quick question that I just came up with. How can you train yourself to wake up early? Like, as soon as it's a weekend, I always sleep in. You always sleep in. Well, there you are. See, your language says, what did you just say? You? Always. Always sleep in. Okay. It's two words I don't really like to use. That is everybody and always. (laughs) As in, everybody does this or this always happens. So it probably sometimes happens. You can, I think... Most most people, yeah, the brain is very underutilized. Does it's very much more powerful than people give it credit for. Yeah, that's true. And some of the, I mean, there's a very good book called Mind Store by Jack Black, who's a Scottish guy, not Jack Black the comedian. Uh, Mind Store, and he, um, it's called Mental Training, effectively. You know these guys that do um, mental gymnastics. You know where they'll they'll memorize three packs of cards or. 
the number of pi to what, 3,000 things or whatever it is. That's just all trained. You can learn how to do that. When I was doing my law degree, I, I memorized hundreds of cases using a memory technique called Imagination Destination. So you can learn, this is all learned. There's a great book, Dominic O'Brien, How to Pass Exams. Okay. By Dominic O'Brien. He's a world memory champion. Brilliant book. Very easy techniques. It really sounds like something for me. Yeah. So when it comes to sleeping, for example, Oliver and Ava, my youngest, uh, they have a recording on their phone if I'm not there, which is me putting them to sleep and telling them what time to get up. So it always starts with three deep breaths. Don't cross your fingers. Don't cross your legs. Three deep breaths. Start to sleep. Then you relax yourself from head to toe. And then you would go through a destination in your head, which for me is a boat in the River Nile, arriving at a hotel, walking into the hotel bedroom, lying on the bed, seeing a huge clock face, and the clock face says whatever time it is, so it might, let's say it's quarter to 11. Then in my mind's eye, I watch the hands move all the way around to six o'clock, and I say to myself, that's when I'm going to wake up. And then I'll say to myself, and now I'm falling into a deep, deep sleep, and I just keep repeating that. Well, that's, that's the whole process, but now... Because I've been doing it so long, now when I get to bed and I take three deep breaths, I'm out for the count. Perfect. And I know I'm going to wake up at six because that's what I've put there. It's just so cool. Like you, It's like my dad, he always like tricks his brain like, okay, the weather's really like horrible, but he's like, I'm going to turn this into a positive thing. It works. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. This is, this is a stupid <laughs> thing. So thing. This, this morning I focused on the sun, everything's great, and surely felt the wind, which was freezing. Yeah. It was freezing. <laughs> you you <laughs> had more clothes on than that, I think. Yeah, good, but that's good I mean that yeah. that is the gratitude thing. Yes. I mean if you're if you're grateful, then your chances of having depression, for example, plummet by a long way. Yeah, that's true. Because if you're grateful for what you've got, you're never demanding and wanting and yearning, which is the cause of a lot of people's depression. So having a, a journal that starts off at the day with three things I'm grateful for. And that could be feeling the wind on my face, smelling the roses, you know, the fact that I have sight, the fact that I can use, you know, my fingers work, you know, I can walk without limping, I can run, I can, you know, all of that stuff. It's, it's amazing what you can, it's, there's a lot of things you can be grateful for. And gratitude is, is one, of the, one of the main things, I think. Yeah. Indeed, yes. Are you okay with a confession? Am I okay with confession? Reminds me of a song called The Devil by Jack <laughs> Lukeman. You should listen to it. Confession yeah. without remission creates original death. Do you have any procrastinations or bad habits? Of course, everybody does. Procrastinations or bad habits. Um, my biggest procrastination is the next book. Um, now, I've done a couple of books already, but this next one I've procrastinated over for a long time. And I don't really know why but it's just something that I have been procrastinating over. There's a great quote, your listeners won't know who this guy was, but um, Peter Cook, there used to be a thing called Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. There were two comedians through in the 60s and 70s that were very good. And Peter Cook was once uh, at a cocktail party and he said, someone, what do you do? And the person said, I'm writing a book. And he said, oh, neither am I. Because oh, yes. most people, most people are saying I'm right, but they never actually get around to it. Yes. So I would say that's my biggest procrastination, and I'm going to make a public declaration that this year, 2018, that book will be finished. And if it isn't, I'll um, do the same. I also have to finish the one I'm working on. And we're right shaking now. hands. Yes. There we are. We're, we're yeah. shaking hands on that. Yeah. What's finished. the title on yours? Uh, it's uh, how to raise finance for your property proposals was Perfect. the working title. Perfect. I mean, I've got I've got the barcode. I've got the book. I've got yes. the I've got the book cover designed. I've got everything there. I've just got to finish it off. Yes. Um, you so. may be like me. Like when I make dents in the forest, I would start them, but I never finish them. Well, I was a bit smaller when I used to make dents, but still. 
Dens Still in the okay. Yeah, but I'm really bad at finishing stuff anyway. And what like, was your other procrastination? But you, had me, you asked me two questions there. What was bad that? Oh, habits. Bad habits. Bad habits. Bad habits. Uh, red wine. Good. Like, like, like uh, I our just, lovely mum. I just wine. love red, good red wine. And I was about to... Uh, in, you know they have this thing in the UK called Dry January. You know where you're supposed to stop drinking, which I always think is really odd because you have December where everyone's just binging, yeah. and then suddenly you suddenly you suddenly you stop. You know, which I always think you're better off to wind down rather than completely yeah, literally, stopping. Yeah, literally. It's just like my uh, mum. She always she well, I doesn't was, drink in January. I was listening to a, a, a podcast or something, but the, the the gist of it was that the man came on and somebody said to him, "Are you going to stop drinking?" for January and he said but I only drink red wine and they said and what's the significance of that and he, he raised his hands and he went it's the blood of Jesus it's the of blood course. of Jesus <laughs> of course. so I've got to keep taking the blood of Jesus yes. yeah. so I thought that's a great, a great yeah, answer well, exactly I don't want to stop the flow do we, do we no so I will have a glass of red wine with my dinner and then I may sneak in another one afterwards and if it's a particularly interesting bottle I might sneak in even another but yeah. yes that's I, my I bad think, habit I think we need to remind uh, Harriet when we are home that actually it's now February so you can have a nice glass of wine. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Already has. Thank you. Uh, you mentioned podcast app. Um, yeah. I heard a rumor about the podcast. You heard a rumor about a yes. podcast. What, what rumor is that? About your podcast. Yes. Yes. Please share with us. Uh, okay. Well, there are two that we have recorded some episodes, and we're recording more. It will launch on the sixth of April. Perfect. So the first one on the sixth of April is called How to Raise Money. Essentially, we've got the domain name, which is How to Raise Money dot com or dot co dot uk. I think we have as well. And the second podcast is called The Skill Stack. And that domain name is theskillstack.com, theskillstack.co.uk. And that is really about all the skills that you require to become successful. So uh, raising money is about what it says, does what it says on the tin, how to raise money, how to raise alternative finance, how to raise angel finance. I have a course called Raising Angel Finance, RAF, which is, is held, well, last, last year we held seven, I think, seven courses. This year we've done two and have a third penciled in. So uh, the pod. So there are two podcasts, and then I'm working with a couple of other people as guests on their podcasts, where I will, I suppose, part. It's, it's their show, but yes. I'll be partnering up with them for probably every second or third episode. So yeah, looking forward to that starting. Mm. Sounds perfect. Very yeah. good. I have the perfect face for podcasting, apparently. <laughs> Great. Now. What's your best investment in yourself? The best investment in myself would, without a doubt, be the Rob and Mark Mastermind, Inner Circle Mastermind, it's called. Inner Circle Mastermind, ICM Elite. It's where uh, a group of us go to Rob's house once a month, and Rob and Mark, who are both, um, if people don't know, they're both prolific property owners, multimillionaires, number of businesses, and something that I put off many times I did not get involved in masterminds I was very much a kind of silo lone lone wolf type thing and since doing a mastermind properly my my life has taken off perfect yeah and actually we would uh, like to also say some extra gratitude to Rob uh, Rob Moore he's one reason why we met in the first place yeah, yeah. and and we actually in in his uh, one of his studios recording this podcast we are yeah yes yeah yeah, so what, 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 what else is around us, uh, around this uh, studio? You well, know, around the, the studio. Yeah, yeah. exactly. We've got uh, actually a few yeah. companies running. 
There are, yeah. There's a few. There's a few um, events that are on. Um, we're surrounded by images of of them with lots of well-known people. We're surrounded by lots of books, lots of motivational books, and lots of yeah, lots of tapes and everything. Yeah, yeah. CDs, the yes. lot. And also lo- lots of uh, people that uh, enjoy to come to to the office in the morning because they got some good team spirit going on. I've, I noticed. Yeah, there's a very good team spirit here. Yeah, there's a good good vibe about the place. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoy coming here, and, and a lot of people do come here. Hundreds of people come here every yes. month, and always say the uh, they get a boost of positivity when they come here because they meet like-minded people. You might be sitting at home, what reading "Think and Grow Rich" to yourself, and you wouldn't read it on the bus, and and everyone see what you're reading. But you come here, and everybody talks about all the books that they're reading. They're motivational and. Uh, you know, generally uplifting. So, yeah. Talk about the actual site where we are now, which is an office. What is the coolest office you've had so far? The and coolest? Coolest. Anyway, it doesn't need to be coldest, but coolest. The coolest? I haven't really worked in a really cool office. I tend to work from a laptop. I have a, an office at home and, um, you know, I have books and, and, you know, my achievements on the wall, that sort of thing. My world record for public Perfect. speaking and other citations <laughs> and things. Um, and some pictures that I have there. But in terms of the coolest, oh, I don't know. I mean, we've I've worked with people that have had offices in London that have been pretty standard. I mean, I worked in a law firm and, you know, they're quite dull, uh, open plan. But uh, we also had a closed office. But, uh, you know, no, I haven't worked in anywhere. I don't know if you're hinting at sort of Google no, where no, they have no, slides no, no, and no, no. bouncy it, it, castles it, it, it in the building. Be, it can really be anything. Yes, thinking outside the box, what, what could be the office as you're working out of a laptop? So Yeah, that's yeah no, for, well, I've, and I've, I mean, I've sat... I've sat on Princess Street in Edinburgh looking up at Edinburgh Castle, which is beautiful, yes. which uh, on a, on summer, obviously, you wouldn't do it in winter because it was raining all the time. But, um, <laughs> you know, no, I've, I mean, I've I've used, yeah, if you get a decent Wi-Fi signal nowadays, you yeah. can be anywhere you like. It's wherever, wherever you feel comfortable with. I used to commute to, to Edinburgh. I had my office up there, which is far from London. But it you used to good. commute to Edinburgh? Yes. Oh, gosh, <laughs> you know, commuting is one of these things I never, ever liked. I absolutely, I don't understand why there's a rush hour in the morning and at night. It's such a waste of time and energy. My, the only commuting I ever did was when I worked at the law firm. And in fact, I got on a bus in the morning, can you imagine, with commuters. And I used to just absolutely drain the energy out of me. Okay. So uh, I only managed to do that for a very short period of time and then thought, no, I don't like this sort of motorbike. I will use the motorbike from now on. But okay. I, no, I would, to be fair, I would only get the bus if it was icy or snowing. I did use the motorbike most times. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 no, even now I'm being forced to drive at times that gets me caught up in the rush hour and it just if it weren't for podcasts and <laughs> listening to listening true, to true. podcasts I'd be, i would be yeah i would be a different person yeah and no, i've been driving back and forth to sweden a number of times and every single time i'm so revved up because i literally get like 40 plus hours of content mm. bang i feel so just revved up because of good speakers because uh, it usually take like 24 hours to drive yeah. and yeah. On double speed that's a heck of a uh, distance not, where do you go from harwich is it or uh no i usually go from here via france and then all that way oh you drive a, yes. so you're only on a ferry for a few hours yes indeed. or yes channel yes. tunnels that sort of thing yeah exactly that's a heck of a trip it is you should try it with a motorcycle sometime but yeah spend, spend a few pit stop though I have, well, I, I have gone on a motorcycle from Edinburgh to Dublin a few times, which is quite good. Yes. I, you can do that in about eight hours, though. But uh, And then with my older son, I once took him on the motorbike and we went camping in France. 
on the motorway. We drove all the way from Edinburgh all the way to the north of France and then drove all around down by the Loire Valley. That was quite good. And then I remember we came back. He was about 12 at the time. We came back after the summer holidays, went to school, and the teacher said, Hi, Michael, what did you do for the summer? Oh, not much. I said, he went to France on the back of a motorbike with his dad. And he said, not much. Yes. Anyway, anyway, digressing. So we're almost finished. What's the best way for others listening to this podcast to find you? To find me? Um, well, I have a, a website, which is raymclennan.co.uk. I have a, another website, which is called raisingangelfinance.co.uk. There's a blog spot called Raising Angel Finance. I'm at Ray underscore McLennan on Twitter. I couldn't get at Raising Angel Finance because it was too many letters. So on Twitter, it's at Raising Angel Finance. <laughs> rather yes. than finance I don't know why but uh, so yeah lots of ways to get me or if you just google my name I'm sure I'll I'll come up by the sound of it you absolutely will we have saved this one for last um, jokes and what's fun in different countries are so random we've got listeners from all over the world <laughs> so we thought about let's try a joke about something Scottish what could that something be? Scottish a Scottish joke okay uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie is yep. the only monarch who was ever named after three sheepdogs. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's, that's two of us laughing. I hope that uh, any of the listeners out there also got that one. Uh, I, I'm completely with you. Uh, that's great. So, uh, thank you for coming. It has been a pleasure. Okay. And I hope to do another one on your uh, podcast or on, on ours again, uh, whenever that might be. Yeah, yeah. so much. Absolutely. Good. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you, Charlie. Thank Bye. you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. That was really nice to hear. I would like to say one more time, massive thanks to uh, Ray, also to Rob Moore and Mark Homer for allowing us to use your studio in Peterborough, where uh, Ray is also working. We would like to share a little review with you guys. So thank you very much to Skinny Mini. She writes, and of course, this is a five-star review. What fantastic insights from incredibly savvy young entrepreneurs. Great content for my commute in the morning, five stars. So thank you so much, Skinny Mini. We appreciate any kind of feedback. And uh, in particular for Charlie, the five-star reviews are always super nice. So until next time, this has been episode number 10 with Invest in You. Take care, guys. All the best. Bye.